Let's do it. listening to short bus cinema where we watch the movies you love to hate i'm your host johnny krug and with me as always is my co-host rick how's it going man what is up man i can't believe we're back on the bus again oh yeah and and this is one that i reckon this is one of the ones i suggested that we do for the show this is another steve latshaw classic and if you guys remember we did a movie on the show not uh, probably about a year and a half ago and yeah. uh, it was another Steve Latshaw movie, which was just full of greatness um, in a bad way. But this is one of those movies that rivals that one, except for <laughs> not not in a good way. <laughs> um, yeah, Ricky and I today were talking about Jacko from 1995, which um, it, uh, before we get into the movie, I think it's something that's really funny that we should note is that back in 95, they were, um, you know, that was the tabloid name of Michael Jackson was Jacko. Right. So I feel like on some level they were trying to cash in on that, like, whoa, if we name this movie Jacko, maybe more people will watch it. <laughs> yeah, I kind of thought about that too, because, and we'll talk about it as we go along, because that's only brought up at the very beginning, and the rest of the time they just say it's Pumpkinhead Man, or Pumpkin yeah. Man, or it's like... <laughs> So I wondered about that, because I was like, maybe they were planning on naming it something else, and this just stuck for some reason. Yeah, this this is going to be a fun one to talk about. A lot more fun to talk about than it was to watch. And I <laughs> I, I own this movie. This movie, um, Steve Latshaw released a lot of these movies that he did independently, and they were like limited run, special editions, and you know, me being me, I'm like, oh, I gotta buy that. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> So th- th- these movies aren't in print, like Death Mask and this, and uh, a lot of these movies, they go out of print so quickly because, I guess, the demand for them is so low. Or if you want to, <laughs> if you want to take, uh, if you want to listen to Steve Latshaw's take on it, is that they're so they're so sought after that that they just they just fly off the shelves and they can't meet the demand. Yeah, that's what it is. That's exactly <laughs> that's exactly what it is. Um, but well, I guess we'll go ahead and take a quick break, and when we come back, man, we'll start in on Jacko. Sounds great. Dude. <laughs> An Evil Dead TV show? No way. Negan is coming to The Walking Dead. That's awesome. Don't you guys think a werewolf series is long overdue? Oh, hello there. Are you looking for coverage of horror on the small screen that you can't find on any other podcast? Then welcome to Evil Episodes Podcast, where we take an in-depth look at horror around the dial, covering everything from today's hits like The Walking Dead, American Horror Story, and The Strain. As well as looking back into the TV horror vault to discuss anthologies like Tales from the Crypt, Monsters, Masters of Horror. Yeah, but do any of those shows have werewolves in them? What movies will become a TV series next? Just how many more seasons will every CW show get? When will they put some damn werewolves on TV? 
Tune in to Evil Episodes Podcast for all your horror on television needs and more. I need werewolves. Hey, did I mention how Lovecraftian all this actually is? And now for our feature presentation. We are back with Jacko from 1995. This movie, like I said, is written by Steve Lat. I'm sorry, not written, directed by Steve Latshaw, who did such masterpieces as Mega Rats. <laughs> he did Death Mask. Um, he did actually a few movies before this that I've heard of, like Vampire Trailer Park and Biohazard and Dark Universe. I haven't seen any of those, though. Yeah, um, you got me. I haven't seen them either. <laughs> We've I, seen Death Mask. I mean, we covered that. Hey, Waffle Face! <laughs> I will say this, though. Um, he did a movie in 2012, and it was funny because I don't know if at the time I was like Facebook friends with him or something. Something like that. Um, because I remember them promoting the hell out of the sequel to The Killer Shrews, you know, the old movie from back in the day. Oh, yeah. And uh, in 2012, they put out... Um, Return of the Killer Strews, which is actually it was retitled Mega Rats and released overseas. Um, but <laughs> Me- Mega Rats. Watch, oh man, dude! <laughs> if you think movies like Jacko and Death Mask are just lowest of the low budget, just you, you know piss poor acting, just really bad everything all around, man, watch the trailer for uh, Revenge of the, or Return of the Killer Strews. It is. It is like one of those straight-up shot-on-video-type movies. <laughs> and the odd thing is, he actually got he got some good actors for it. He got Bruce Davison, he got James Best. Wow. Yeah, but man, that trailer is garbage. I, I mean, that'll, that'll end up on the show, I'm sure, because... Great. Yeah, like I said, Steve Latshaw, he's, just, he's one of those people that's just going to keep coming around, I'm sure. Um, you know, with the, with the quality of his movies. Quality, yes. I like when you said while ago, he didn't write this. I don't know that anybody wrote this. <laughs> I think it just happened. <laughs> well, so, so, I, I've always said, I've always said this in the past, man. Like when, once you get multiple writers on a movie, that usually spells a lot of trouble. Like I don't know what it is, but once you get like four or five writers on a movie, it's like oh, this is going to be terrible. And this movie, it has three writers, and oddly enough, one of the writers is. Um, Fred Olin Ray, who you know, he did a lot of. Yeah. He directed a lot of, uh, you know, like horror midnight classics and stuff from the eighties. But it has two mm-hmm. other writers too, um, Patrick Moran, and um, I think the other one may be Steve Latshaw. Oh no, it's a guy named Brad Linaweaver. But um, yeah. this movie stars, and I'm going to go ahead and say it right now, it only stars Linnea Quigley. Everybody else, I assume. <laughs> I assume they're family members. They were found at a bus stop. I, I don't know. Um, because I really wanted to go through the IMDb and see if anybody went on to do anything. I mean, okay, let's just go ahead and put it out there right now. This movie says guest appearances by Cameron Mitchell, Brink Stevens, and John Carradine. Right. That, yeah, that's, that's a stretch. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's, all, it's all stock footage. It's all stuff, you know, that they just... It's, they would. They did the whole Ed Wood thing where they just found a bunch of old reels and they're like, we can throw this in our movie because it already doesn't make sense, so why not add some star power? <laughs> <laughs> we got to get something to make people want to watch this. <laughs> well, and and that's, the, that's the thing about this movie is um, with the three writers involved, this movie has, besides there being a giant pumpkin-headed man chasing people around, this movie has no real plot. 
Right. Normal yeah. story. It just it just well, jumps all over the place. Even that plot, and, and I'm sure we'll get to that here in a little bit. But yeah, it's uh, it's just a shot in the dark, folks. That's probably why they got so many writers. Who's like, hey, we come up with this idea, but it's just not working. See what you can do with it. And they're like, oh my gosh, I can't do anything with this. Well, Fred, they pass it on to their- <laughs> Fred O'Reilly was probably like, you know what? You know what this movie's missing? Boobs. <laughs> right <laughs> because his movies are notorious for having you know your um you know your your gratuitous nudity and stuff and the the nudity in this movie is just like why is this here i mean hey i'm not complaining right. but why is this here is it, without a doubt um you want to go ahead and start talking about the i mean i would read oh the, yeah i would read the synopsis but it's it, it'll make much more sense if we just talk about it than the synopsis it's, says Let's face it, folks. It's not going to make any sense regardless. So <laughs> we must as well go ahead and get started. Uh, yeah, man, we start off at a campfire scene where you got Fatty Arbuckle sitting with this little kid and telling him rhymes. You know, it's like uh, it's, it's it's like a Dom DeLuise kind of ripoff kind of guy. And he's telling these kids these little nursery rhymes are supposed to scare them. Basically, what we have here is they're trying to make another Pumpkinhead movie. That's exactly what I thought, Pumpkinhead. But it but it's not. I mean, it's like they took the idea of Pumpkinhead and just uh, tried to stick to the rules, but they just couldn't. They couldn't walk on the line. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. But yeah, you get this this fat guy, this Dom DeLuise guy, trying to scare this little kid named Sean. And while he's telling him all these nursery rhymes of Jacko will come and hack off your head with a whack, 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 and all these goofy things. And the kid's, obviously the kid's not scared. He's just sitting there looking at the guy like, well, I'm out of here with a fat guy that's probably going to molest me in a little bit. Okay, two things, two <laughs> things. That guy is definitely a molester. And and second thing, you said the kid wasn't scared, but I'm going to I'm gonna put it out there right now. that This kid couldn't emote anything if you tried. <laughs> like, yeah, this he's is like comatose. Hands down, the worst actor in this movie. <laughs> he's terrible. You know what? I mean, we're, he, we're gonna make him the lead. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So, and while they're doing this, off in the distance, you see Steven Steven Tyler standing back there, spying on them. It's like, what's this woman doing back here, man? She's got a mouth like like freaking uh, Steven Tyler, but she's she's almost pulling off the like goth Susie Sue thing. Well, she kind of looks like uh, uh, Tim Curry in Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> you know what's funny, dude? Is I started watching this with, with my roommate, and he, that's the first thing he said was, "Is that Tim Curry?" I'm like, like, dude, that no, Tim Curry would not be in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> we love you. <laughs> oh. oh. But yeah, man, so you you get this going on, and then we get a flashback. So supposedly this little boy's family in the past was cursed by John Carradine. Yeah, there you go. There's the plot. Well, you know what I really it, like about the scene, too, is it's it's this old... It's, it's kind of done in like a sepia tone, sepia tone, and it's this family, you know, you, you know it's supposed to be the past, although if you watch this movie, it's really hard because it jumps so or all around the place, but they just have in their living room this one headshot framed of John Carradine. It's not, <laughs> it's not a family photo. It's like one of his headshots they pulled off of IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's true because it's just like him with his hand up, like around his chin, like he's in thought, yeah. <laughs> like like hey ladies, <laughs> I'm the evil person in this movie. Check me out. Oh but, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, supposedly there's a curse. Like I said, we're doing the pumpkin head thing here where a family has cursed another family and the evil won't stop until the family's all dead. 
And this is supposed to be back in who knows what time frame, but it's, you know, these are, you know, great-grandparents of this kid, supposedly. And there's even a little kid that ironically looks just like the little kid that's in the movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's him, folks. That, well, there's no hiding it. <laughs> well, it, this scene is great, too. Another another shout-out to the woman who played the mom in this scene, the, 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 the flashback mom. <laughs> She She's rivals terrible. she rivals that kid for being the worst actor in this movie. She oh, is man. so bad. I mean, the the thing is the dad's going out and they don't explain what he's about to do, but they imply it's pretty dangerous. Yeah, he's going to go fight the evil. Yeah. And the son's like, can I go with you, Dad? No, son, you stay here. I must fight the evil. And she's like... She's quoting, quoting scripture the whole time, but she's, she's doing it so so poorly. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Saith the Lord. I mean, Lord. <laughs> you want, but they never say what he's doing. And one of my favorite lines from this entire movie is the kid goes, Are you going to die, Daddy? And the dad says, Not if I can help it. <laughs> Not if I can help it. Well, of course. No, then, one, no one's going to die if they can help it. <laughs> and so you see the dad, he's making this cross, like a huge crucifix cross to put on a grave site, basically. And... No real explanation. He's just making a cross, takes it with him, and the kid walks off, and this is one of those scenes where it's like they should have stopped the camera rolling or at least edited it out, but you just get a close-up of the kid watching his dad walk off, and the kid just blinks like 15 times, and it just kind of <laughs> keeps going. It's like, okay, you can cut it now. You can cut it now. And the director's like, no, this is magic. <laughs> we're, get, we're hitting that 90 minutes. I don't care what it takes. <laughs> Maybe that's what it was. <laughs> well, as far There's, as as far as other movies like from Fredel and Ray and Steve Latshaw and a lot of these these people that are involved with this one, a lot of them only run like seventy two minutes. So this one's long for one of their movies. Yeah, well, you know, and and even though it's not as long as a regular movie, it was definitely long enough. Oh, it felt like <laughs> it, man. There were at the end of the movie. By the time it got to the final showdown, man, I was checked out, and I've seen this several times, and I couldn't remember how how uh, I was calling Pumpkinhead, how Jacko yeah. ends up dying because I literally it's that it's that um, <laughs> it's, uh, what, what, yeah forgettable it, yeah forgettable yeah, that's that yeah it's not memorable at all it's totally forgettable. Can we cut from him doing the blinking scene to him waking up to a strobe light out of his window in modern times? <laughs> And he goes and looks out there and sees a shape, and he goes, It's Pumpkin Man! And then he wakes up again. <laughs> so they're trying to do that cool, hey, it's a dream within a dream within a dream thing. Except I, they're going, this is really lame. <laughs> you know, I, I'm going to go ahead and say it. Christopher Nolan may have ripped off Inception from this. You know what? It's very, very possible. <laughs> but this is, folks, folks, we've gotten this far in the movie already, and this is where the credits roll. So they're oh, really yeah. trying to build some suspense here, and you're like, we're just now getting to the credits? How long is this movie? And also, when you watch a normal movie, the credits are like, you know, they pop up a name, then another name, another name. This one goes so slow, man. Like, <laughs> And the music behind it is that typical, you know, direct-to-video, oh, 90s, like, like the, the really frantic music, but nothing's, there's no reason for it to be that frantic. <laughs> they paid a dude five bucks that lived down the road to come up with a theme for this movie, and it's the only music in the whole frickin' movie, man. <laughs> yeah. It never changes. <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's a shower scene, if it's Jacko killing somebody, if it's the parents hanging out on the couch. It's the same music. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I think after uh, this, it cuts to him coming home from school, right? They tr- they channel oh, yeah. a little bit of the original Halloween where the three kids are walking home, and the whole town knows of the legend of Jacko, but the family who was supposedly like the one who like <laughs> you know crucified John Carradine's character that is Jacko is oblivious. They have no idea. You got the the older kid that's kind of the bully, and the sister that's there, and they're kind of trying to scare. Sean, which is the name of the, our little hero of the movie here, or our person we're following anyways. I wouldn't say he's our hero. But, uh, and they're trying to do the same thing. They're making up the rhymes. He'll poke out your eyes and rip out your throat. You know, that kind of stuff. And <laughs> and uh, then all of a sudden, you know, he talks about, uh, well, you know about Jacko, but you do you know about the witch? So, Wait a minute, there's a witch in this story? <laughs> Oh yeah, it's a witch, and there she is. She's in her car right there. <laughs> the girl's like, "Witches ride brooms; they don't drive cars." And she pulls up in this like, man, just beat her. It's just an old like, clunker. it's like a Reliant K or something. I mean, it's that. That's the thing too, because this you said ninety five, but everything in this really looks a lot older, man. It, it looks more early nineties to me, but maybe I'm wrong. Oh no, totally, dude. So yeah, the, this woman pulls up in her car, and the kids run and hide because she's the witch. And then our bully kid starts trying to throw rocks at the car, and this kid, man, he has no chance of major, making the major leagues, man. Because <laughs> he he can't even throw. It's not even that far, and he's just chunking these rocks and can't even get close to the car. Well, plus, and, uh, plus he's he's telling them that they need to be afraid of the witch, but he's throwing rocks at her trying to get her attention. <laughs> Yeah, dumb kids, man. What can you say? <laughs> so they're throwing rocks, but like I said, the car is in no danger, folks. One, if it hits the car, it's not going to hurt anything. I mean, he's basically picking up rocks out of you know your your you know your trim around your house, so it's not like he's throwing you know good size rocks or anything. And he can't even hit the car, and he's throwing left handed, so he's just all over the place. Anyways, the woman gets out of the car, walks over to where the kids are, and. Well, it's a Sean, fight. She breaks up the yeah, fight. She, yeah, she breaks up the fight because Sean is attacking the bully kid saying, Stop, you don't need to be throwing rocks because I'm a good kid and you're a crappy kid. <laughs> that kind of thing. That's and uh, so she she walks over, breaks up the fight, and then she offers to take Sean home. And he's like, I'm not supposed to ride with strangers. She's like, well, can I walk you home? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> I, I love this whole scene too because this woman, she just, she just makes herself at home. Like, she she walks home with them and then she introduces herself to the dad, but it's, it's really vague. She doesn't. She's not like. I mean, she implies that she's doing some kind of historical research, but then she just hangs around their house, man. Like the dad's like, "Yeah, we're making dinner. We got to have you for dinner." And, yeah. and the mom comes home. Oh, yeah, thank you for bringing Sean home. I was like, you don't oh, even yeah. know who this is. Man, you you got to talk about that because he walks. She walks up in the front yard, and, and the dad is out here hanging up a sign. They're going to have a haunted garage and charge kids a dollar to come through on Halloween night. So we're just a few nights away from Halloween here. This woman, her name's Vivian, and uh, walks up and just starts talking to him. And she's doing research on you know the families of this area and all this stuff. So we know better because she was the Stephen Tyler to begin in the movie. But uh, then all of a sudden, dude's wife pulls up, man. And I, I I just thought, okay, she's reacting because there's a strange woman in her driveway talking to her husband. Because she's got these eyes that just pop, like Marty Feldman pop. And uh, I thought, okay, she's just reaction. Nope, that's the way she looks the whole time, folks. Uh, her eyes 
or really the star of this movie. Oh, dude. It's, she's one of those people, if you've ever met them, when you're talking to them, their eyes widen every yeah. like, few words. Like, they, they just get really big. Like, imagine, um, like, a Charlie Sheen Coke binge mixed with, like, I don't know, some, some like, tick, some nervous tick. <laughs> I mean, her eye, it's, it's really off-putting, man. Like, her eyes should have had their own credit. Yeah, I totally agree, man. Because they're just, you know, like I said, the first time I was like, okay, she's really upset. There's a strange woman in her yard. Well, you must stay and eat supper with us. I'm like, yeah. I don't know that that really happens either. If you pull up in the yard, your husband's talking to a strange lady, and you just <laughs> say, yeah, yeah, come on in and eat with us, because we're just that lame. No, there'd be a lot more questions. Uh, and and not only that, but, like, the funny thing is, is it almost seems like... Um, the mom, I don't know, it's, it's like almost like a bipolar type thing, because after a little bit, she's like, she's asking if the woman ever shuts up, if she's ever going to leave, and I'm like, you <laughs> yeah. just invited her for dinner, weirdo. <laughs> she's going to stay here the whole time, and while this is going on out in the front, Sean goes in the house and takes an acid trip and ends up walking into Vietnam. <laughs> no joke, like, what man, is, no joke. What is going on here? <laughs> and, uh... Then it cuts back to, uh, like I said, the the lady out front, Vivian, saying she's doing research family. And uh, she basically wanders in the house. And while that's going on, Sean is having this dream where he meets John Carradine, who's dressed like the Emperor from Star Wars. (laughs) (laughs) And then... uh, Is this the scene where, like, it has the parents kneeling in front of them and... No, no, we're not there yet. Oh, this okay. is where he walks up. It's, it goes. It's supposed to be back in the old times again, and he's walking up to the family farm, the Kelly farm. And inside the farm is his great-great-grandfather, the guy who was making the crucifix earlier on. And he's yelling for his partners that are going to help him fight the evil. And he just looks down at his feet, and there's two dead people at his feet. I'm like, did you not see them? I mean, you were just stepping all over them, and you're yelling for them? <laughs> So the the grandson or whatever whatever the relationship is here, Sean is seeing all this in the dream state. And then all of a sudden the dead bodies pop up and they're like, "Help us, help us!" Then it turns into Jacko and he's pointing at the kid and the kid falls down and yeah. Then he just wakes up and Vivian has picked him up off the ground and he's just as emotional as he was at the very beginning of the movie. Yeah, I had a dream. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's weird, too, because he, he he's not laying down or anything. The kid's, like, walking through the house, and she just, like, she tells the mom, yeah, uh, the mom walks in, what's going on? Oh, he just had a nightmare. It's like, he's walking through the house. <laughs> he's like, is he he's just passed out. Yeah, who knows, man. It's it's just lame. And why are you in but my me- house? Like, <laughs> But to break things up, man, here's where we get some, some star power, because Scott Stapp... <laughs> And Courtney Cox and a chubby Johnny Depp are driving in a Chevy S10, and they they go out to a missing graveyard, which is supposed to be where the Kelly farm was. So we're trying to tie in this history of the past. Well, here's the location where the farm was, and Scott Stapp is all upset because his arms are wide open, (laughs) and he can't find anything that shows where the graveyard is. It's a missing graveyard, people. And uh, at this point, you get some uh, playing around between Courtney Cox and Chubby Depp, and uh, he <laughs> she throws a beer at him and he misses it, and he runs after. It's like, hey, there was beer in that can, and he goes and finds the beer can, and instead of picking it up and drinking the beer that's left, he just pours it out. Which, okay, 
you were that worried about the beer, now you're just pouring it out. But in the process, the reason we do this is so we found some tombstones that have the Kelly name on it, right? Uh, great setup. So, you got these three that are wandering around. They're mischievous teens, you know, out just trying to make some racket or whatever. But meanwhile, Sean is back home and he's watching Dr. Cadaver's Monster Movie Madness, which is Cameron Mitchell. <laughs> Yeah, so here's your here's your shot of Cameron Mitchell uh being uh being Dr. Cadaver. And you know, this is one of those things where you can tell they just said, Hey, uh, we need you to just do a little bit in this movie, so here's your, you know, thirty seconds of screen time. You could tell this was all shot in one shot. Oh, and yeah. they just made some some crappy horror movie stuff to go along behind it. And you have to admit the the scene where it's the 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 zombie or the mummy or whatever is it pops up and it grabs the woman in the vampire outfit and he grabs her boob. <laughs> she, you know, she slap him. Uh, yeah, she slaps him. <laughs> <laughs> and you can see the dad that's watching with with the the kids laugh a little bit cuz it's like, yeah, it wasn't supposed to happen. So kind of making fun of the whole B movie thing even though this is a C movie that we're watching. I mean, honestly, I think I, I think I'd rather watch the movie on the TV than the one like the yeah. Jacko. And this is where the family starts working on the props for the for the haunted garage, and they're doing your typical. Oh, I got cauliflower for the brains, and we got spaghetti for the guts, and grapes for the eyes. You know, it's all that kind of putting stuff together. Well, did you notice though? Uh, like the dad's like, so go ahead, Sean. He's like, feel if you dare, and he sticks it. In, he's like, ooh, what is that? See, it's yeah. eyeballs. Well, when he um, when he uncovers it, though, like the grapes aren't they're still in the vine. <laughs> You're supposed to take them <laughs> off the vine, idiot. <laughs> like <laughs> worst haunted house ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is pretty crappy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, while this is going on, you got Scott Stapp out here and his team, and they find the old cross. Right, it's jabbed down in the ground, and from there, it, it really just cuts to a shower scene. <laughs> yeah, oh, it, it, this is so funny, too, because it, it goes back and forth between the two scenes, but it, it just, yeah, it, yeah. Cuts, it cuts to Lydia Quigley basically just slowly caressing her, her entire body in the shower, and you're like, okay, what? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, it's one thing for somebody to take a shower, but this is getting a little, uh, I mean, this is almost like, almost like you're doing a peeping Tom kind of thing, you're like, you know, this is... Very out of place. Oh this yeah, is very, <laughs> you're like, okay, she's uh, she's doing her thing. She's doing her thing. Uh, I feel like I'm hiding in a closet, watching what's <laughs> going on. Well, you know how most this directors is- would do this scene right here. Most most of them. Okay, so this way the scene plays out is she's in the shower, and then it cuts back to the teens, and then she's in the yeah. shower. And then it cuts outside to uh, her, <laughs> yeah, her little sister and her boyfriend. <laughs> and then on the it, motorcycle. Yeah, on the motorcycle. And then the phone starts ringing, and then it cuts back to Linnea Quigley. And she's like, they're both yelling at it's each other. Answer the phone! Answer the phone! The way, a, the way a normal director would have done this would be to cut to the scene of just the phone ringing, and then show her in the shower and be like, can you get that? And you wouldn't start in the shower and just linger for ten minutes. <laughs> it's it's totally dysfunctional right here, man. The the way this is all put together, you can kind of see what they were trying to do, but they were like, "Hey, we've got her naked. We want that on screen as much as possible." Oh yeah, and you know, honestly, I mean, besides the nudity, I think this movie would have gotten a PG thirteen rating. 
Yeah, because you don't really see much. That, I mean, the the effects in this, the killings in it, could have been on the Disney Channel, really. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. And and the, the like, there are scenes where they're they're like prop heads and stuff that are uh, you know people get decapitated, and they look just as bad as the stuff in the family's garage. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's bad, man. But anyways, what happens is the phone's ringing, and it's bug-eyed lady. It's Marty Feldman calling and saying, Hey, can you come babysit Sean so we can take care of all the the masses that are going to come through our haunted garage? (laughs) I had a problem with this. Okay, the kid's 10 years old, and his parents want to hire a babysitter to be in the room next to where they are. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Same house. They're not even leaving the house. Can he just stand outside with the rest of you? (laughs) <laughs> well, he wants to go trick-or-treating. I think that's what it is. Oh, yeah, you're right. He does. But during this whole conversation, man, her sister's out here with this guy on this bike. And he's just sitting there, and he's just going... I mean, just over, like for 10 minutes straight. of Just sitting there, not driving it, just revving it up with her sitting on the back, and he's sitting there. It's just like, man, this is so lame. Dude, this, this guy is like... Uh, almost a doppelganger of Andrew Dice Clay. It's pretty close, yeah. <laughs> hey, yo, uh, get on the back of the bike, baby. <laughs> yeah, let me show what this thing can do. Uh, and then it cuts, after that, it cuts to the snooty na- neighbors, who they're trying to pass off as being very conservative. Very religious. Very religious. I mean, dude is sitting there watching this TV show. It's all, you know, pro-gun and all this stuff. And, and they, they use the word, hey, the, the guy on the TV uses, like, he's basically, is like, crap-talking liberals, like, every five seconds. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah. they're doing that. This is heavy-handed as hell. <laughs> oh, yeah, big time. And then what's funny, of course, the dude is sitting there, and he's got his his Oxford shirt on, and it's buttoned up all the way to the top. Then the woman's real snooty and stuff. But here's what's funny. You look at these people and the and the the act the the portrayal they're supposed to have, and you look at the house. You're like, this does not match at all. No, because I mean, this house is just a rundown piece of junk, and they're acting all snooty. It's like, yeah, couldn't y'all find a better location for these people? Well, because yeah, because they, you know? they say that this guy owns like the local like grocery stores and stuff, and so you assume that he's like, yeah, you know, he's got a lot of money. Yeah, and. Of course, it cuts to them later on too, and they're they're eating TV dinners. I'm like, <laughs> what the heck, man? This doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Snooty, half looting people eating. You know, I mean, she's even got a, a like a napkin tucked down her front of her blouse. You know, keep forgetting the mess, but they're <laughs> they're eating TV dinners. I'm like, man. Well, do they do they? Okay, okay. One thing that gets me every time I watch this: Does that wife have an accent? Is she trying an accent, or is she trying to hide? She's one? trying. Yeah, she's trying. I think because she's trying to be highfalutin. If if they were dogs, I'd have them neutered. You know that yeah, kind of thing. It's bad. And you're it's going really bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. It's worse than what I just did. <laughs> hey, Ricky. I think you and I, man. I think we could gather all of our friends and remake this movie and do. Just a much better job. Oh yeah, without a doubt, man. <laughs> we should do a Death Mask Jacko hybrid movie. Yeah, you know hey, that's possible. Hey, you know Full Moon has Puppet Master versus um, Doll Man. I think we yeah. could we could uh, you know we could do a Latshaw team up of Death Mask versus Jacko. <laughs> nobody wins, <laughs> and, and hopefully nobody wins. <laughs> 
nobody wins, especially the viewers. The viewer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we didn't ask for this. Oh. So while the snooty neighbors is, is doing their 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 bit here, then we get uh, again Scott Stapp and his bunch are still out here, and Stapp finds a sling blade, and Chubby Chubby Depp pulls up the cross <laughs> out of the ground. And you like that Chubby Dale? I'd like, yeah. That's I, I, every time you say it, I get a little bit uh, giggly, man. That's pretty good. I like that. <laughs> I mean, he's, he does. He's got some depth qualities about him, but uh, it's like he just ate a whole box of ding dongs. You know, <laughs> the host is kind. <laughs> hey, Lashaw's not. Lashaw's not. Oh, well, I mean, I don't think Lashaw's paying for hostess brand stuff. This movie is not getting brand name. Oh, <laughs> uh, but anyways, when you pull the cross up out of the ground. This releases the evil. In other words, Jacko can come back because the cross apparently is what was keeping him in the grave, supposedly. Well, well, and, well and if this town has this curse that everybody knows about in this dark history, why wouldn't you like cement it into the ground or something? Right. You just right. you just stick it in and say, "Oh, that should be good." <laughs> yeah, it's again, uh, you have to have a reason that the evil comes back and so you're starting to put the pieces of the puzzle together here. Okay, well, the cross is this big part of it. Even though we saw the grand great-grandfather building this cross, which, you know, he's just putting it together on the front porch. So it's like, how does he know that this will keep the evil locked away? You know, I mean, it's just... Well, they, they, they know, spend man. so much time on the backstory that they don't actually tell one. <laughs> <laughs> like if they instead Good of point. yeah I mean instead of like just showing just random things going on if they had a little bit of exposition or something that'd be kind of nice like this cross is made with this and it'll it'll trap him in the grave for 200 years or anything dude just make stuff up right you're three writers but, <laughs> and at this time Sean the kid is back home asleep again this kid sleeps more than <laughs> more than anybody I know and uh, he's having another dream it's funny every time he has a dream it's lightning and stuff outside every time. That that strobe light's just going to town. I, I don't know if you guys have noticed a theme in the short bus movies, but pretty much every movie has a strobe light in it. <laughs> I'm just starting to put that together myself. So basically, but, you're, you're uh, saying the short bus is not epileptic friendly. No, it's not. Absolutely <laughs> not. Protect your eyes. But uh, he's having another dream, and this is where he sees his great-grandpa fighting Jacko. And it just gives you little glimpses of things like him knocking him down in the grave and, you know, gonna use the cross. He's grabbing the cross. It doesn't give you much information, just some flashes. Then it cuts back to uh, Stapp and the gang sitting around drinking. And then Jacko pops up out of the ground, out of a grave that is equivalent to just piling a bunch of leaves on yourself <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and just pushing them off. I mean, this guy's been buried for several, I don't know, 100 years or so, and it's just like pushing vines off of him, and he comes up out of the ground. Needless to say, the crucifix that's laying there, the cross, is it catches on fire with some really bad sound effects. And uh, he jumps up out of the ground and walks over and pretty much... Oh, we forgot there's another thing, too, because Scott Stapp earlier found a, a sling blade. Mm. Some people call it a sling blade. Mm. I call it a Kaiser blade. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he finds it, too, which is supposedly Jacko's weapon of choice. Which is, you know, when, you, when know. you bury him in a shallow grave with a cross barely put into the ground, why not put his weapon on top of him? 
Sure. Yeah. yeah. It, that makes total sense. But uh, Jacko comes up out of the grave, walks up to the two dudes. The the girl runs off a little bit because, I don't know, she hears a noise or whatever and gets up and runs off. And Jacko just comes up with his bare hands and slashes these guys all to pieces, which is not that great. No. And it, <laughs> then he goes and grabs the, the sling blade and chases the girl. And you talking about somebody giving up? <laughs> <laughs> This girl just gives up, man. Well, I mean, I feel like based on her choice of people to hang out with in the woods looking for her graves, she'd given up a long time before this. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, I mean, she runs across this swamp all of a sudden. There's a swamp out here, yeah. you know, in Vietnam. And uh, <laughs> on the other side of it, Jacko's standing there. He's got his blade up. And she's a good, I don't know, 20 feet away from him. She could easily just take off, but no, she just drops to her knees and goes, Oh, no! Oh, no! And he, uh, then he uses the blade to slash her throat, and I'm like, Dude just ripped two dudes apart with his bare hands. <laughs> just slashing them. Why does he even need this blade? I mean, is it just an aesthetic thing? Because he don't need it. Anyways. That's what I think it is. I think it's an aesthetic thing. Like, you know, all killers have their weapon of choice. And Jacko, you know, they were probably going to franchise this and, you know, have little Jacko figures. <laughs> yeah, sure they were. <laughs> <laughs> they were in it for the long game. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, like I said, after he's done all the killing and stuff, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Tim Curry shows up. Yeah. <laughs> the witch. <laughs> yeah. The witch. And goes out and finds the bodies laying there. And she goes and gets a shovel. Well, dude, she, and well, right before she finds the bodies, right when she finds the bodies, she opens up a locket that she carries around her neck, and it's got another, it's got another publicity still of John Carradine in it. (laughs) And it talks to her all the time. Yeah. You just walk around with this thing? (laughs) So, you know, you're getting the story here of, oh, she's not on the level. She's actually, you know, from the other family or whatever, you know? So, yeah, uh, it's... It's a weak attempt at, you know, trying to create this this history backstory like you have in Pumpkinhead. It's pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, next morning, uh, three people show up on a motorcycle over at Sean's house, which is the dude and uh, Linnea Quigley and her sister, all riding the same bike. And, yeah. And we, we get the whole scene where Sean's like, cool bike and the dude's like hey you want to go for a ride with the dice man (laughs) (laughs) well well when he's on the bike the mom comes outside she's like where's sean and they're like they kind of allude to the fact that he's on the bike and she's she's barely speaking up she's like sean get off that sean sean i'm like (laughs) the bike's not even in the neighborhood yeah it's like he's on a loud motorcycle and you're basically just a level above whispering Oh man! So, anyways, he gets in trouble for getting on the bike with the, the with Andrew Dice Clay, and uh, this is Halloween, man. This is when they've showed up. This is this is where all the events are going on, and uh, we get Vivian at the house to help with the haunted garage, and uh, like I said, Marty Feldman don't like her being there, <laughs> and uh, uh, then you get the 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 mean kids from earlier that were picking on Sean. They show up at the snooty people's house. Trick or treating, which is and you, you uh, go deep into the woods to get your candy at a place that you already know that they don't like people. Yeah, that's what's weird is because this house seems like it's so dislocated from everything else in the movie. Oh yeah, it's not like they live right down the road. It's like out in the middle of nowhere. And so the kids walk there, and of course the guy's like, 
you're not getting anything free for me because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm conservative. Blah blah blah. <laughs> you know that kind of crap. Well, uh, yeah. He, well, he does. He basically does. He's like, he's like, what are you here for? For candy? And he's like, go to my store and buy it if you want candy. I'm like, what? <laughs> Has this guy never heard of Halloween? Or <laughs> exactly. And uh, but at this time, what's going on is the kids say, okay, you're not going to give us a treat. We're going to give you a trick. So they start TP in his yard. And they are and, the uh, worst TPers on the planet, <laughs> dude. They bring two rolls, and they basically like. Pull out maybe like two plies and throw them over the roof, and then when it, when the guy comes out and it shows him like the whole house is TP. It's like those kids they weren't even trying that hard. <laughs> it's like they, you know they didn't even really even hold on to the other end of it. They just threw the whole roll on top of the house, and that yeah. was kind of it. <laughs> oh, but yeah, when that's going on, you see Jacko standing over watching them TP. So it's like he's the the master of toilet paper. So he used his magic to make their weak attempts to really look good <laughs> after the fact. <laughs> <laughs> if there's one thing Jacko oh. hates, and it's been well established at this point in the movie as grocery store owners, he does not deal well with people who own their own business. Right. <laughs> right. Maybe that's the story. He he wanted to start his own store back in the day, and uh, somebody else had better business. And that's what this grudge is all about. <laughs> you know, one thing uh, we didn't mention, actually, it was a scene before this, I believe, is where, uh, I think it's Vivian, the witch, Tim Curry, she's in the house talking to the dad, and the son, Sean's watching TV, and I don't know why this scene oh. made me like laugh out loud, but <laughs> Vivian and the dad are just talking back and forth, and then they stop talking for a good 10 seconds, and Sean says, could you two be quiet? And I'm like, dude, they haven't been talking for 10 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's like, anytime, it's like he did, he missed his cue or something, and like, and they just kept it in, <laughs> like, the, 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 uh, yeah. like the absence of talking. It's just, yeah, the, the, that made me laugh so hard. It's almost like the person that was editing this was afraid to cut any part out because, like you said, we're going to hit 90 minutes. <laughs> so just just leave it in there. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, the dad is getting the garage going. You got people starting to come up. And uh, he looks off and sees a shadow. And, of course, it's Jacko, you know, from a distance. Uh, but that's about the extent of it. They're trying to do this Halloween thing for you. Not not the season, but the movie Halloween, where he's there and he's not there and all that kind of stuff. Um, well, and he, he, he kind of to, teleports, too, man. Because like, he's out in the woods. He's out in the neighborhood. Yeah. He's, he's in a <laughs> subdivision. Yeah, he's he's got that uh, he's got that Voorhees magic where you know he can walk really slow but cover a lot of ground. You got the this is where the ghouls show up back at the the grocery store owner's house and they're stealing his hubcaps. <laughs> yeah. I'm like these kids are like I don't know twelve, thirteen, and they're stealing hubcaps. <laughs> well, no, that's what I have, what I have in my notes is they get hubcaps because one of the hubcaps gets thrown at the house. Right. <laughs> it's like, are you stealing them, or are you just trying to like anger them more? Yeah, yeah. It's probably again the trick thing of you know we hate those guys. So instead of putting you know dog poop in a bag on the front porch, we'll just take their hubcaps off and throw them across the yard. That's why all those meth heads steal those uh, catalytic converter copper <laughs> on Halloween night. <laughs> Damn tricks. <laughs> Uh, but he he goes out the the dad hears the noise goes out the front door sees where his hubcat's been thrown over there and he runs the kids off then all of a sudden he sees Jacko standing over which he's already kind of said something to him before get off my yard get out of my land and all this kind of stuff and uh, 
Jacko comes up to him and just sickles him, man. Well, it, Stabs him. It escalates really fast because the grocery store owner, like, when he's like, I don't know, he's up against a tree or something, just standing there yelling this stuff. And yeah. in the middle of him saying, he says something to the effect of, like, if you don't leave, I'm going to stab you. And then he gets, he gets stabbed himself. I'm like, you just went straight to stabbing? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, you don't get off my land, I will murder you. All right. That was well, fast. I guess. That, and, uh, of course, you get this cut within uh the <laughs> the wife is inside making some more toast because they're so highfalutin they're gonna eat some more toast um <laughs> so she's uh it shows her cutting up the toast while her husband's getting cut up you know so they're trying to do that thing where it's a tricky montage of being cut uh which leads to my favorite scene in the whole movie <laughs> <laughs> where uh she basically walks outside to find her husband, and uh, he's dead. And she goes back in the house, and Jacko's chasing her. And uh, she trips over a rug earlier on for some reason, but they're showing it again because she's going to trip over this rug, and she's got a, the butter knife. She went back in the kitchen, got the butter knife to protect herself, which is lame. But when she slips on the rug again, the knife goes right down in the toaster. <laughs> And we get the toaster kill, man. We get electrocuted by a toaster. And the best way to describe this, if you've ever seen Home Alone 2, <laughs> when dude gets electrocuted and it's just a skeleton with the big fussy hair on his head, that's pretty much the equivalent of what you see here. Oh, that is that is so... That's such an apt uh, comparison. That's... Yeah. <laughs> It's it's so ridiculous looking. I mean, you can tell they just did a quick cut to some other creature that they built. <laughs> That's just sitting there going, oh! And, the, of course, she's, you know, the electricity is the same lightning that they used outside. Oh, God, yeah. It's, they're using lightning effects from, like, low-budget films in the 70s, man. Like, not even the current stuff. Uh, it's almost like the emperor was shocking her, right? I mean, it's, <laughs> you get those kind of lightning beams coming off of her. Oh god! And I'm not it's... giving I'm not giving this kill to Jacko either. This is a Final Destination kill. Oh yeah, yeah. He had nothing to do. He just stood, just stood there and said, "Was like, wow, how ironic." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The only thing had been better if he would have turned around and said, "She's toast." <laughs> <laughs> This, you know, actually, a lot of people don't like uh, killers in movies that have quips and, you know, that wisecrack all the time. But this movie could have used it. Oh, it would have helped it a bunch. Yeah. This is where Sean and uh, Linnea Quigley's out trick-or-treating, right? Well, no, before this, no, what happens is Linnea Quigley shows up, and basically, um, she's only going to watch Sean for a little bit, and then her sister's going to oh, take yeah. over. Her sister sneaks into the bathroom and goes out the window to, to like, ride off on the, the bike with Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> so, Linnea, like, just basically gets screwed into staying the whole night with Sean and taking him out trick-or-treating. Oh, Her yeah, sister is right. a piece of crap. <laughs> she, she really is, man. Uh, so... She ends up taking Sean out trick-or-treating, and they end up back at the pedophile's house, God. who's dressed like Phantom of the Opera. He's uh, got a pumpkin in front he, of his wiener, too. Like, <laughs> Can we address the fact that he the whole the whole scene, he has the pumpkin just right in front of his junk, and the camera's like... Yeah. The, the scene starts off with the camera focused on the pumpkin. 
<laughs> and he's like, I've been looking for you, Sean. <laughs> it's just like, oh, man, come on. So step one, <laughs> cut a hole in the pumpkin. Step two. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> See if you can find a Tootsie Roll in there. <laughs> well, you know, the funny thing, too, is like, while they're at his door and later in the movie, he brags about scaring them, but they both are just blank. Like, neither right. one of them react at all. Yeah, they're just like, uh, this is, uh, can we go now? <laughs> uh, and it cuts from this to uh, Bike Dude. We got Andrew Dash Clay and the chick making out. And uh, just out in the woods, because that's that's just where you go, I guess. And uh, we'll get some more boobies right here. Oh, dude. Uh, She pulls down her top, you know. And uh, apparently, when you go out with Andrew Dice Clay, this is a message for all you ladies. (laughs) If you go out with Andrew Dice Clay, and you reveal the goods, and then you cover them back up because you get scared and you want to go back home, you are going to be left in the woods. (laughs) Better find another ride out of the middle of the forest. (laughs) Because he basically goes, I'm going to go get another beer. You find your own way home. It's like, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this scene was just like, what? They had to have a reason for her to be left alone, I guess. You know, even though he never really goes that far away and ends up coming back. It's like, what is the whole point? Again, I think we're looking at the time of the movie. We got to have more footage here. Uh, just leave her, then come back, and I don't know, man. Well, a- a- another thing here, like, she, he's not that far. He runs into Pumpkin, or, oh my god, Jacko, almost a pumpkin head again. Um, <laughs> he gets decapitated, and the head, she's so oh, close man. that the head rolls to her. <laughs> it rolls in her lap. So she, she picks it up and stares at it. And again, oh. I don't know what's up with the blank expressions or the lack of... A, a fright, but she's like on quaaludes or something. She's holding a human head in her hand and just like staring at it with nothing. Like there's just nothing there. I love the whole excuse too. Of so it's like, oh, can we go now? He's like, oh, give me a second. My throttle's sticking, and he's working on his throttle. Like, what? You just drove off on the bike. Now you're back, and now you're like stalling. Right? Yeah. It's just crazy. Uh, while this is going on, back at the haunted garage. Some kids are go the, the the same mean kids from earlier go inside the garage, and somehow, being that there's only one opening to get into this thing, somehow Jacko got in there, <laughs> and he's hiding behind one of the curtains. And when the kids tries to reach in and grab the eyeballs or whatever, Jacko grabs their hand, and they see the it's the pumpkin man. They see him in there, and they come running out. Count Dad goes in there to see what's going on. He's just like supposed to be Count Dracula or whatever. He's pretty lame. Count Dorkula. Uh, and you Count Dorkula. You gotta love all the things they're telling the kids too, because the the Marty Feldman mom's like, I love kids, especially when they're flame broiled. <laughs> when did this turn into a Burger King ad? But the dad goes in to see what the problem is and ends up knocking over a work shelf. It's got paint and all kinds of stuff on it. Pours it out all over the floor. And while this is going on, Jacko's making his way through the house. (laughs) Why? Because he can. There's no explanation. He just... He's in the house for some reason. He wants one of those dopes. He wants one of those dopes signed 8x10s of John Carradine. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. Just take it off the wall. He basically walks in and just steps on a picture of Sean and tears up his sheets on his bed. Yeah, I'm like, I'm confused by this whole scene, man. Like, yeah, it, it it's just lame. It's just lame. Uh, 
if a monster comes in your house and all they do is throw a tantrum, step on your kid's picture and, and tear up some sheets. I wouldn't be that afraid. No. This this monster is the equivalent of a five-year-old who's told no at the grocery store. Then we get the random guy that's working on the cable outside. Who's the director? That's yeah, that's the director. Oh, is that's, that the director? That's Steve Latshaw. Well, well, we get to see his presence here where he's just kind of uh, working on the cable, I guess. And out of nowhere, the chick from the bike, you know, Linnea's sister, uh, runs up. And it's like, you got to get me out of here. There's somebody chasing me. So I'm like, wait a minute. He just chopped dude's head off out in the woods. Now he's in the house. You're running to this guy out in the middle of nowhere in a truck. (laughs) And he's right behind you? How's he getting around so fast? Does he have a motorbike that we don't know about? This is Scream before Scream. There's two two Jackos. Yeah. Yeah, somebody's getting jacked around here, and it ain't the movie, that's for sure. Uh, so, needless to say, director gets killed. Throat slashed. Um, I mean, Jacko, yeah, he likes slashing throats. Yeah, yeah, he's not very creative. He he, he has stabbed one dude and nabbed him, and everybody else has been in the throat. Uh, at this point, uh, you got uh, Sean and Linnea are trying to get their way back home, and they cut through a playground. And Jacko's at the playground. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... Literally, like this is the same time frame of what's going on. He's just everywhere, and he and he knocks Linnea out. So he doesn't like try to kill her. He just pops her in the head with with the handle of his sling blade, and just leaves her laying out in the park. You know, I'm, and chases the little boy. I'm gonna take her home with Wait. me after the murder night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> she gonna be good with some mustard and biscuits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He starts chasing Sean. Sean runs back to his house. This part, man, this is this is kind of where I gave up. <laughs> when he gets to the front door of the house, and they showed earlier, there's a problem with the door. It doesn't open very well. He's banging on the door. The dad's at the door trying to let him in, and he can't open the door. And all of a sudden, you see like a splash of blood like on one of the side windows by the door, and Sean's hand's there, and then all of a sudden, you see it just go away. And they finally get the door open. They run out, and nothing's there. And Vivian finds one of those fruit drinks. <laughs> Remember back in the day, they had the fruit drinks that were in those plastic containers that looked like a little barrel. You know, they were terrible. Oh, they tasted yeah. like crap. But that's what she found. She's like, it wasn't blood. It was this drink. I'm like, how did he have that? I mean, <laughs> I mean how does that even make any sense? <laughs> When this killer is coming up behind me, I'm going to squeeze this container, this juice, so hard with my hand that I'm knocking on the door with, with my other hand stuck on the glass, so you can see it splash on my other hand. Nah, whatever. Terrible. <laughs> absolutely terrible. Was, was uh, that what do they call that Chekhov's gun, where uh, you know they introduce something that's brought back later, like the door? Yeah. Except yeah. for I'm pretty sure they weren't. They didn't know what they were doing. That was accidental. Yeah. <laughs> But at this point, Vivian's already spilled the beans. She's letting them know what's happening. Uh, you know, the, the history of the family's being cursed, yada, yada, yada. Do they explain at all why why Jack goes after Sean? Like, I know Sean's their kid, no. but, like, why is he, like, is he, like, the choke? Like, is he, why does he have to be the sacrifice? Finish off the bloodline, I guess. I mean, it doesn't really say, but that would be the only thing I can think of. If you If we kill him, then it stops the bloodline. Because there's not any more kids. I, I'm just guessing here. I'm just shooting in the dark. 
that's the magic of this movie. You kind of make up your own ideas <laughs> of what's happening. <laughs> uh, so at this point, since, since the son is missing, so now they're going to go after and try to find him. The lady with the, the, the locket of John Carradine knows where they're going because they're going to a shallow grave. So they're going back out to the site where the farm is. So they jump in the car. They're heading that way. <laughs> and while this is going on, you got Jacko throwing the kid. Well, he don't throw the kid. He just makes him get down in this shallow grave. And starts just throwing dirt on him. Dude. Which is... This this kid in the scene is the worst thing in this entire movie. It's the kid's laying in the grave going, no, 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 no. no. Stop. I, I'm telling you, man, they they must have given this kid barbiturates or something. Like the, it's like the it's like the dullest, worst acting I've ever seen in my life. And hey, spoiler alert, that's the director's son. <laughs> oh well, no wonder you couldn't have casted oh, another little kid. I mean, why did it have to be your son? <laughs> oh, but anyways, Jacko's dumping this dirt on him by using the the sling blade to just flick dirt. There's no big pile of dirt where he's dug out this grave, so the layer of dirt is like. Well, equivalent again. It's just like just piling some leaves on him. I mean, it's you know his shoes are still sticking up out of it. It's like, what is the point of this? You're not burying him. But when this is going on, then Vivian and the mom and dad show up close to the area, and they make a sh- sh- a makeshift cross as well with a sledgehammer. <laughs> she just pulls out this little sledgehammer out of the back of the truck, finds two pieces of wood, starts nailing them together. And I'm like, again. Does it not have to be blessed? I mean, if if it's just a piece of wood, then why don't you just make a? Why don't you just take a stick and stab Jacko and be done with it instead of worrying about making a cross? Because it doesn't seem to be meaningful in any way, besides it just being a cross. Well, we, there's no story behind it about it. it was, like if you took a cross, remember you know night, fright night, and all this stuff. You had to have faith in the cross. It has to be christened. All these things, right? No, man. And this is just. Yeah, we're just nailing it together with a sledgehammer, and this will kill him. <laughs> uh, it's just a stick, dude. Well, at that point, yeah, just pick up some twigs in the yard. Yeah, jab him in the eye or something, you know? When they're making the cross, Vivian shows up and shows the locket of John Carradine to Jacko. We created you, and we can put it into you. Jacko doesn't like it. He basically, this is the best kill in the whole movie. This is where he picks her up on the on the blade. He like jabs her and picks her up and slings her across the yard. Yeah, that I mean, it kind of makes up for every other kill being pretty, you know, inefficient. <laughs> right, and and don't don't get don't get excited, folks, because it's still not that good. <laughs> it's just better than what we've seen. <laughs> Uh, so at this point, uh, we, we we get a flashback again of, of the cross uh, where where Jacko was put into the, to the cabinet or the casket and buried, and then they ram the the cross down through him and kills him. And uh, so we kind of understand now. Okay, the cross has to be the weapon of choice, I guess, which is lame. But um, Jacko knocks the parents down, and Sean grabs, the, <laughs> crawls out of the grave without a speck of dirt on him, yeah. even though he was just covered up in dirt. I mean, his hair's still pristine. He's looking sharp. Uh, he grabs the cross and stands it up long ways. In other words, he turns the cross upside down and has it sticking up like a stake. And uh, he tells Jacko, come get me! And Jacko comes wandering over there, and then the dad sneaks up behind him and slams him down on on the cross, uh, which, you know, 
basically gets Jacko shish kebobbed. Yeah, it's and it's uh, pretty anticlimactic. <laughs> well, I was trying to figure out because when he backs up, Jacko backs up and he's got the cross stick at him. Then you see like this turd spirit come out of him. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what is that? What does that have to do with Dude, that, anything in this movie? That would be the a better title for Jacko, Turd Spirit. Like, turd, Turd Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, then the Jacko turns into some TV static, and then uh, he just bursts into flames. Which, yeah, I mean, it's weird. It's like he bursts into flames and everything. But, like, so I guess the people who killed him back in the day just weren't really trying, or I don't know. It's, it's like, why did this happen now? Why did it happen before Oh, man. It's so lame. So, anyways, that's the end of Jacko. And then, all of a sudden, you know, the, the girl that was on the motorbike crawls out of a sewage <laughs> out of a sewage tunnel. Uh, and uh, Linnea quickly wakes up on, the, on the, the playground, and they meet up. And then, then they get together with the parents, and they all walk off together happily the day after Halloween. And they're going to go eat because they're hungry. Yeah. And one of them says... What are you going to eat? I don't care, just as long as it's not pumpkin pie. Jesus. Dum, dum, dum. <laughs> <laughs> and then you you know, then you know, get a close-up of Jacko's head. It's like, I don't know, on a mailbox or something. With like like this and, like uh, uh, early 90s CGI, like <laughs> flickering and like his eyes and his mouth. Yeah. It's bad. It's terrible. <laughs> I mean, this movie. This movie was uh, filmed in '93, so I mean, it, it definitely had a few years um, where it was shelved. <laughs> was, it's some weird things about this, though, man. Like, um, I, I don't know. The John Carradine scenes were from a from 1985, <laughs> and you really, yeah, but you could tell because they were grainier than the the regular stuff. Um, I'm just trying to think how they got the scenes where. He was there with the parents. We forgot to talk about the dream where the the parents are there. Oh yeah, and he's got a force a force field around him, and, and Sean can't push through the force field. He just but instead of like doing like a pushing motion, he's just moving his hands up and down like flat, like a mime. It's oh it's, dude, it was bad. No, that wasn't him. So dude. When it showed the scene, it was just somebody. They did the whole um, ah, Bella Lugosi yeah. Plan Nine thing where they put somebody else in like that robe. Um, okay, all right. Yeah, it was because I I was noticing. I'm like, wait, that that. That looks different. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh man, <laughs> that scene just—I was cracking up. I was like, "Wow." <laughs> yeah, just do your hands up like this, like you're trapped in a box. <laughs> Dude, this movie—the this movie was filmed in February and March, and uh, they had to buy the pumpkins in November the previous year. <laughs> oh, um, man, jeez. Like, let me see. Uh, there's some really good trivia on this. Um, Oh, yeah. I, I have the special edition and the commentary on there I've never listened to, but I'm going to now because it says that it's with Steve Latshaw and Fred Olin Ray, and apparently it has a lot of hostility and tension between them because there was bad blood. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, yeah. I, I gotta I gotta watch that, but uh, I don't. I, it'll be better than the actual movie, most likely. It'd have to be. It'd have to be. This, is, this, is, this one is a chore to get through, man. I mean, it's... It's it's got some personality to it. It's just not a personality you want to be around. Yeah. <laughs> man, what were they thinking, man? You got any of those? God, uh, just well, I know exactly what they were thinking. <laughs> hey, we'll 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 take uh, ideas from some classic horror movies and try to make it all work in one, and they failed completely. Uh, the the whole 
like I said, building a a legacy story, you know, the cursed family thing. And when you think about it, this is serious, folks. He doesn't kill anybody that's from the family. Everybody he kills is not related. Yeah, they're just collateral damage. Yeah. So there goes your whole theory of it being, you know, a cursed family. This is like, it's just an excuse because you didn't kill anybody from the family. <laughs> <laughs> Man, uh, for me, I, I had a couple of those what were you thinking moments where, first of all, in 1995, during the height of every tabloid saying Jacko on it for Michael Jackson and all that controversy, having Linnea Quigley say the line, I like little boys, just <laughs> really, I'm like, are you guys serious? Like, <laughs> She's like, I like little boys. I'm like, oh, God. This, it's not even normal when oh. she says it. It makes it just feel really cringy and weird. <laughs> It'd been great if she said it, and then she would have went at the end of it. (laughs) (laughs) Shamon. Well, another thing too is the I think it's Vivian. I think it's the Tim Curry lady. She pulls out a Bible at one point, and it's a she says this is her family Bible, but it's like a picture Bible, and it's not a picture Bible like you see where it's illustrated. It's just got the family's photos, like like it's got John Carradine in that same picture again. It's like so your family just. Pasted pictures of themselves into a Bible? Like, what the, what the hell is this? <laughs> oh, man, I didn't think about that. <laughs> yeah. What kind of upgrades would you give this movie? Well, like I said, spend another five bucks and get another piece of music written, <laughs> just so you don't have to play the same one in every scene. Uh, maybe know when to go ahead and just say, you know what, the movie does not have to be 90 minutes long. Let's just cut some of this stuff out that's not needed. Dude, you can totally um, re-edit this thing and make it watchable. Maybe, But it would only be about maybe 25 minutes. Uh, if, if that. Yeah. I'd say 15 tops. <laughs> <laughs> this, this movie needs a lot of a lot of stuff, man. It's got, it's got some heart, but it's just... Oh, what? It's just, it's, I think that's the thing with these Steve Lashaw movies, is they're coming from like an Ed Wood place where he does have a love for the genre, and he has a love for like these classic actors and stuff, but he's just not, he's just not capable of making a good movie. Well, and I'm sure it, it probably has to do with what kind of money you got, too, so, you know. Uh, and that's the thing about it. They're not trying to make bad movies here. They're just bad. Yeah. And uh, that's totally different than somebody that's trying to you know, fit into that genre and just, you know, get a little claim to fame for making a crappy movie. This guy's trying to legitimately make a horror movie and uh, just fails pretty miserably. Oh, definitely. Um, for for me, I would upgrade this movie by giving it any kind of cohesive storytelling. Like, just, <laughs> let's have a... Li- I mean, they weren't doing the Tarantino thing where they were jumping all over the place and it still made sense. They were just throwing in random stuff and it made no sense. Yeah, um, yeah, and, and trying to use star power to get people to go check it out in the star power. You're like, really? <laughs> that's who you got? Well, and that's the, the thing is, like, another upgrade would be anyone who can act. Like, I think Linnea Quigley is fine in things, but, you know, yeah. she was the star power of this movie because everybody else was basically stock footage. And, I mean, Cameron Mitchell did yeah. film his scenes for this movie, but it was, they did it, like, in one take in, in his garage or something. And it was like, you know, he wasn't flexing yeah, all man. over the movie. It was, it was no. you were to rely on Linnea Quigley and Sean. 
Yeah, which is sad because, I mean, like I said, the, the little boy is just atrocious, man. I mean, th- this cast is right up there with Troll 2 as far as acting ability. I may have to give Troll 2 a little more nudge, yeah. though. Yeah. <laughs> so that's saying something, people. No, I, I do. I think I think some people in Troll 2 are way better than the people in this movie. And, yeah, yeah. that says a lot about your movie. Hey, um, you yeah. Do you know any good lessons from this bad movie, man? Uh, yeah, like I said, ladies, if you go out with dander dice clay <laughs> and you show the goods, you you better you better uh, deliver the goods because uh, you're gonna be, get left alone. <laughs> oh man, the only thing I have is uh, I, I, I the lesson I learned is that um, if I'm looking for a graveyard, the first place to go is deep into the woods because that's you know <laughs> apparently where they put old graveyards. Also, if you're trick or treating kids and a kid has a pumpkin right at his groin. Don't reach in there. Yeah, no. <laughs> it, this definitely was like a a movie where he was making it with people that he knew and he liked. Because, again, like the girl and her boyfriend, Andrew Dice Clay, and then like Linnea Quigley. All of these people are like, when you think about babysitters, you think about like teenagers, man. These people were all in their 40s. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, it's that dis, the disbelief of, you know, the age differences and stuff. Hey, I'm going to ask my 35-year-old sister to come babysit, you know. My kid, who's perfectly able to take care of himself, when we're in know, the next so. room, <laughs> it, it's it looked good on paper. <laughs> Man, I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna I'm gonna do my rating first. I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna set this thing on the back of the bus, man. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you, man. This is this was a chore to get through. It it, it totally uh, was. Yeah, I think it's uh it's definitely one of the one of the biggest stinkers we've had on here so far. It's it's um, more fun to talk about than it is to watch, and that says a lot about a movie. Well, well, folks, I think you've even noticed. I didn't even grab a sound bite because there wasn't even anything good enough, laughable enough to even play for this. I mean, it's just it's so dull, you know. Uh, besides the the toaster killing scene, uh, the the toaster scene, and and the Vivian getting thrown across the, the the forest floor by Jacko, that's your high points of this movie. And of course, Linnea in the shower. That's about it. And that one just makes you feel like, yeah, I shouldn't be watching this. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. I think the other the other movie had a lot of good sound bites and stuff, and like the guy yell, yelling at him and calling him names. Yeah, this this one's just uh, like I said, it's it's a tough one to get through. Uh, so I don't recommend watching it. <laughs> well, the, the the good thing is for listeners of this, if if you didn't plan on watching it, it is kind of hard to find. I mean, like I said, the both both versions of the DVD have been out of print forever, and uh, it's I mean maybe it's streaming somewhere. I couldn't find it streaming on any of the on any of the sites. I mean maybe you could rent it on Amazon, but I don't know if I'd put money toward it. <laughs> I mean, my my dumb behind did because I bought the special edition, but I mean, at the time I was rem- it was like '90s nostalgia. I'm like, I remember renting that movie. So I, I don't know if I'm supposed to thank you or or you know curse you for <laughs> for bringing this one up, but uh, oh, it's been a, it's been interesting for sure. You know, something kind of funny. Um, it didn't say this on IMDb, but I recognize some stuff in this. Um, we mentioned Pumpkinhead a lot. Pumpkinhead 2, which I, I can't remember what it was called. Um, Blood, Blood Wings. Wings. Yeah. I was going to say Blood Feud, but that was later. It was the Feud one. But um, 
Linnea Quigley's in that, which also came out in 95, and some of the scenes in this, like whenever Sean's dreaming and it shows like the barn and like the 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 white picket fence, that's from Pumpkinhead too. Like I don't know which movie filmed it first and which one used it first, but huh. yeah, that's because wow. the scene with Linnea Quigley in it from Pumpkinhead too is actually the same barn out like the outer shot of the barn. So I thought that was really interesting. I mean, I mean, apparently these directors back in the nineties were working pretty closely together to get their made made for video crap out. Well, I mean, let's face it this this time period, horror movies was dead. I mean, there was nothing good coming out, and uh, of course, I mean, this came out in ninety five. But when you go back to when this stuff was being shot, you're talking early nineties, and it was just dead, man. Oh yeah, it's like you know, and even I mean, Pumpkinhead too. God bless you if you're going to watch that one too, because it's not fantastic. <laughs> no, I mean after the first one, they kind of just uh, peter out. Yeah. But I, yeah. when I was watching this, that's one thing I remember because, like I was saying, I watched this on VHS um, when I was a lot younger, and I do. Re- I think a lot of movies for short bus could come from the straight to video '90s horror stuff because oh, yeah. there's a lot of this yeah. feel to it. Although this is definitely one of the worst worst ones I've seen. Yeah, it's pretty rough. So uh, we'll see where this leads, man. Maybe the next one will be uh, something a little more co- coherent. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Killer Shrews: The Return. <laughs> <laughs> Very possible. Now, Maybe we can throw a bird dimmick in there pretty soon. Oh yeah. Well, I guess that's it, man. Are we done? Yeah, that was that was a fun one to talk about. Um, it's right. not every day you get to yeah, talk this... about a movie with Andrew Dice Clay and Tim Curry in it. <laughs> this one went by. The, the, this episode went by way faster than the movie did. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right, folks, I think that's going to do it for us. Uh, like I said, if you've got recommendations, if you got a movie that you want us to, to check out that you think is terrible, just put it out there on the Facebook group. Let us know what we need to check out. You noticed last episode we did a request from a friend of ours, so don't be afraid to, to pipe up and say, hey, check out this stinker. We'll be glad to look at it. Maybe the turd spirit will come out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, turd spirit. And if you're familiar with this movie... If you like this movie or if you hate this movie, hey, put that out there, too. We'd like to know what you think about it. So, uh, all right, man. I think that's going to do it for this episode. Folks, take care of yourself. Johnny, as always, man, fun show, Oh, yeah, this was a blast. Yeah. All right, folks, we will see you later. Peace. 